Okay. Okay. So what we're going to do is like this. We're going to go and we're going to start talking about Chochmah as it's described in Tanya. And then we're going to move on to Bina as it's described in Tanya. And then we'll go on from there. Um, we'll see how long this takes. Okay. Now, what's important to remember is that we are talking about the godly soul. So we have to put this all back in terms of the godly soul. So it says like this, the intellect of the rational soul, which is the faculty that conceives anything, is given the appellation, that's just fancy for is called, Chachma. Okay, so, quiz, what's Chachma? No, just we gave it, we got it. Faculty that anything? Well, you can, it's the... Intellect, it's, the intellect, it's the intellect of the rational soul, which is the factor that conceives anything. So now we all know what Chachma is, right? No. No. Why not? Fancy words, right. Is the rational soul the nefeshistic? Ah, this is the problem. Is it? Where, where did this rational soul thing come up? Okay. So, here's the thing. There is something in Chassidus called the nefeshistic, which is usually translated as the rational soul. Um... The Nefesh HaSichlis, which is never mentioned in Tanya, ever, and I'm tying into 53 chapters of Tanya, there's one reference in the introduction second section, which is a discussion of what that actually means. But the Nefesh HaSichlis that's talked about in Chassidus is an aspect of the animal soul. So I want to briefly talk about that, very briefly. Okay. The animal soul is driven primarily by a desire for personal well-being. Okay? as we spoke about before. Now, you can divide that desire into one of two things. You can say there's personal well-being that takes for granted um, my human needs and looks to meet them. So I'm hungry, how do I get food? I'm tired, I need to sleep. I'm sick, I need medicine. I'm lonely, I need a friend. Right, so what are you doing? You're taking for granted these are things I need and then the question is how to get them. There's a different thing about well-being, which is saying, well, just because I feel like I need something, is it really necessarily true that I need it? Maybe I could exist on a higher level of existence. I could exist on a higher plane. Maybe I could have a higher quality of existence. For instance, why is it that some people look at their life and say, you know, like, is this what this is all about? Isn't there a purpose to this? It's like, what are they doing? They're realizing that there, there's other things that need to be questioned. They don't take re- life as is for granted and they keep asking about what's higher and beyond themselves. Okay? So in other words, the, the so-called rational soul is the part of the animal soul that looks for um, living a life that's, one of my favorite words, a noble life, a life worth living, as opposed to just having a life that feels comfortable. Okay? Now, that's a very big discussion. I don't want to get into that. But what do the, what do these what do both of these things, the desire to live a comfortable life, the desire to live a noble life, have in common? They're both my personal well-being, right? Now, animals. What do they lack? What differentiates an animal from a human being? They don't have a rational soul. Cows do not think to themselves, "Is it really worthy being a cow? Is it is it proper to be a cow? Am I, am, is this what a cow should? Is that what I ought to be?" 
right? And the same thing we would say about chimpanzees and dolphins. And so they can be quite intelligent about figuring out what they need and getting it, but that's different than asking, should I really be needing these things? Maybe I should exist on some kind of a higher plane. Maybe I should be a loftier kind of a create, of an entity. Here in Tanya, that's not what he means by rational soul. And if you read Hebrew, it becomes very clear because the rational soul in Chassidus is, is actually uses a different wording. Here, what he means rational soul, he's describing the godly soul as a rational soul. And that creates a question, why would he describe the godly soul as a rational soul? Um, if one way of identifying something is by characteristics that it are unique to it. Does that make sense to people? Okay, so what have I been telling you over and over again that real seichel only exists in which soul? So then which soul can truly be considered to be a soul which uses seichel? A seichel using soul, only the? And if you want to translate this really, when it's, it's the Hebrew hanefesh hamaskelis is a soul which uses seichel rather than a Okay. That, that's really more what it means. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but when it says rational soul here, it really means the godly soul. Um, the, 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 and it's talking about the godly soul because what's unique about the godly soul is that it can truly use seichel, um, as I spoke about earlier. Now, there's a part of this seichel which is the ability to conceive of anything. Okay? And that's called chachmah. And then he adds a little bit more and he gives you some Hebrew that the word chachma, if you break the letters apart into two words and rearrange some of the letters, it spells the two words koachma, which means the potential of what is. And that's the whole description of chachma we get. So it conceives of anything, and it's called the potential of what is. So I think a good way to start is when you talk about something that's a faculty, an ability, it's a good idea to ask yourself what it does. Make sure you have it clear what it does, and then you can ask how does it do it. So, I'm going to mention a tool, and you tell me what it does. A hammer. hammer. Don't nails. say hammer. What does it do? It hits nails. It hits nails? It makes, right, right. It inserts, look, 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 if, I want to, if, if you can describe what it, what, it, what it does about how it's doing it, it's going to be helpful, because that's also how you can make a substitute. Like, what it does is it inserts nails into wood, so that they can hold the wood together. That's what it does. Now, once you realize that, you might be able to have a hammer that you just take a big heavy thing and swing it, right? But you may be able to do that some other way too, right? Okay. A saw. Cuts wooden half. Cuts wooden half. You have a piece of wood that's one piece and it makes it into two pieces, right? So is that, wait, is for the purpose of this, does it matter that a saw can cut like pipes and stuff? No, we could say, we could say wood, wood is not specific here, yeah. And by the way, that means like, like, and now the way a saw tends to work is it tends to be sharp and usually harder than the material that it's cutting and between those two things it's able to cut it into two, right? But theoretically there could be other ways you could do that, right? For instance, you might be able to use a laser or something, okay? Right? So if you think about function in terms of what it accomplishes is a good way to start char um, um, characterizing it. So this faculty, what does it do? It conceives of a thing, okay? So what is the result of conceiving of something? 
Well, okay, that's true, but we're not talking about you know biology here. So, what's conceiving of something that happens in your mind? What's the before and after? Again, in hammering, before the nail is outside the wood, now the nail is in the wood. In a saw, before the wood was one piece, and now the wood is two pieces. When you're conceiving something with your mind, what's the before, what's the after? Forget how it happens. What has happened? What was the before and what's the after? You don't have a perception of something, you do have a perception of something? Or so like a conception of it? Well, now pretend I don't know what you're talking about and explain it to me. This is hard, right? Like what exactly happens when you conceive of something? What was the shift? Empty mind to full mind. Is it about potential? Actualized? Mm, anything could be, like, like if you have a baseball, it's potential energy, and then you drop it, it becomes actual. I mean, those are too vague. But like, you know, you know what your hat is, but you're not thinking about it. But if you thought about it, you would be thinking But that's about thinking, it. that's not conceiving. I think, by thinking about my hat, I'm not conceiving of my hat. That's not really. It is like God taking something from nothing. That's exactly what it's like, which is why it's one of the favorite analogies in Chassidus for something for nothing, because that's essentially what happens. Before you conceive, you don't have something in your mind. And after you conceive, you do have something in your mind. Now, that, of course, requires us to know what it means, something in your mind. Right? But that's the idea. Is before you, conceiving means you go from an absence of something in your mind to the presence of something in your mind. So what does it mean having something in your mind then? Okay. So we're going to play a game. This is not as fun as yesterday's game. Okay. And the, what this game is, is I say a word and you raise your hand if that word produces something in your mind. Okay? Got it? Okay. Okay. Now, in order for it to count, though, you ha in order for it to count, the something in your mind can't have any sort of picture to it. I mean, you could have a picture, but having a picture doesn't count. So, like, if I say I was using example, if I say dog, and you picture a dog in your mind, that's not what I mean. So, okay, I'm going to give you an example. Okay. We're start with something. Freedom. Does that bring something to mind? Okay. Does freedom like look like something particularly? You know, if you're American, freedom is red, white, and blue, but <laughs> Okay. Right. So now going back to dog. If I say dog, yes, you might have a picture of a dog in your mind, but you also have something else, which is what? What? What else do you have in your mind? Animals. Words. Right, you have right. So, what do you have in your mind that is the same between me saying freedom and me saying dog? Ideas. Concepts, right? Some kind of an idealization of what the thing is, right? Which is why, if I say freedom, right, um, is something that you can eat for dinner, but you should be careful because there's a lot of carbohydrates in it. You look at me funny because, like, well, that that concept doesn't make sense in that sentence, right? And if I say, and if I say, for, and if I were to say. Um, everyone fight. Everyone should. Everyone should fight to make sure that their country has full, unrestricted dogs. You'd also think that's funny, right? Because the concept that you have of dog doesn't fit in that sentence, right? 
So I say words, and what pops into your mind are concepts, ideas, notions. Yeah, does that make sense? Other stuff also pops into your mind, but I don't care about that. So pictures, word association, memories of your grandmother's dog, that's not what I care about. Just the idea that also what comes up is concepts, yeah? So now we're going to play the game. You raise your hand if I say the word, and you have a concept. It's a simple game. Okay. All right? Ready? Hey. Tree. House. Everyone should be raising their hands. You know, someone said you. Okay. Decimation. Hypothermia. Empiricism. Fewer people are raising their hands now. Yeah. Now let's do something fun. Okay. Oilam hanekudim. Wow, watch what happened. Nobody raised... You know what? You have a concept of Olam HaNekudim? No, isn't that the world of vowels? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> but there, at least you had a concept. You translated the words, the world of vowels. That, that is not the concept I was referring to. You have a concept, the world of vowels. But now, does that, does that make sense? Do you, is that a concept or is it a translation of two words? Translation There's no concept there. Okay. Sense. Yeah. Okay. Right? So you'll notice... Now... Um, you'll, you'll notice that simply the fact that there's a word doesn't necessarily mean that you have a concept, right? Now, this is the important thing I want to make. When did the concept come into your When did the concept come into your mind? When I said the word? No, like a split second after. So this is what's confusing. The concept coming into your mind that we're talking about is not the concept coming into your conscious awareness. We mean that it's in your mind at all. So if you want to know, let's go through this again. I'm going to use words. Please raise your hands high so I can make a point, so I can see you. Okay, I'm going to say a word. If a concept comes into your mind, please raise your hand, okay? I don't think I've ever told you about Olam HaNekudim. No, well, she said can't. Would you? Would I? No. Could I? Yes. I mean, there's a limit of things we can... No, I won't, because we're learning this. All right. Um, cup. Yeah, okay. So all of you, I say cup, you all have a concept in your mind of cup, right? Okay. Um, eigenvector. Okay. I'm not going to test you, by the way, what an eigenvector is. What would you pre- I'm going to trust you that you have a concept there. <laughs> now, so here's the thing. When did the concept of cup come into your mind? Not when I mention it, but when you first became aware of the concept of cup. And since then, it has been where? In your mind. Does that mean you pay attention to it? Does that mean you're thinking about it? But it's there. The very fact that I can use a word and you can think about it is because it's already there. Okay? In other words, this is very important. We say conceiving an idea. Conceiving an idea is putting into your mind, not into your awareness, not into your thoughts, but into the actual workings of your mind. Which is why when I said eigenvector, right? Unless you took high-level math classes, that concept never entered your mind. It's not part of the workings of your mind, and therefore, the word evokes no concept. So, yes, a concept is like, conceiving idea means it puts something in your mind that wasn't there before, but in your mind doesn't mean in your thoughts or in your awareness. It means literally in the workings of your mind. And if you haven't conceived of it, then it is not part of your mind. You cannot work with it. You can't remember it. You can't recall it. You can't understand it. You can't agree with it. You can't disagree. You can't anything with it. Why? Because as far as you're concerned, 
doesn't exist. In other words, if you want to be really simple, conceiving is the same thing as creating the concept for the first time. relative to your subjective awareness. I'm not saying you're creating it like it doesn't exist. That's a separate philosophical discussion. Okay. Now. How do you do that? That's the question. Right? Because knowing, knowing what something does is not knowing how you do it. And it's important to know how to do it because if you want to do it, you better know how. And if you want to do it well, you really need to know how to do it. So, here's the thing. Many concepts come into your head by default because you're an, adult. you're an adult and you started off as an infant and somewhere along that way a lot of concepts entered into your head without you even trying to actively do anything, right? Okay. But if you want to take charge of the faculty, then you need to think about what, what actually needs to happen in order for you to conceive of a concept, to have this new, new, new thing pop into your head. So, what are some of the things you need to do? Number one, that's what we spoke about yesterday, is you have to be open to it. If you are not open to the new thing, it will not enter into your head. Okay? Now, do you know what's cool about children? Children's minds are very open. Which might make you think they have a lot of chachmah. They don't. They just have a lot. Chachma requires openness, but all openness is not chachma, as we're going to see. So children have a lot of chachma, which is why getting concepts into their head, it's pretty easy. At least. However, now, adults, are adults very open? Can we generalize like that? Some adults are, some adults aren't. Yeah. Is chachma... Conceiving or the ability to conceive. So, so sometimes chachma is the the, the, the the ability to conceive, and sometimes we describe we use chachma for um, the act of conceiving, and sometimes we use chachma to describe the, the thing that has been conceived. That's what creates the confusion. Right. Because it but you be notice we do that in English, right? I use the hammer to hammer in the nail through an act of hammering. <laughs> That's just how language works. It's annoying. You, you ever heard of the word, um, um, you ever heard the word frustrated? What does frustrated describe? Feeling of frustration. Describe, well, a feeling, right? Anger. Okay. okay, so actually, the word frustrate means to oppose, to block, to prevent. Now, what happens when you encounter something that's opposing, blocking, preventing you? You feel a certain way, usually some kind of anger. And so, the, so it went from, this wall is frustrating my progress, to I am, I am frustrated that the wall is frustrating my progress because it's the feeling. And words, words migrate along the meanings. So yes, you use your chachma, use your faculty of chachma to do the process of chachma to receive something called a, a dvar chachma. Yes, that's confusing, but that's just how language is. But if you're trying to work the muscle of chachma, what muscle? Like, are you working the ability to conceive? It's yeah. like you have to be, be able to conceive and then conceiving something which is different. Right. That's what makes it hard. But they're one and the same, or they're two different parts? Well, it's like, get, how do you get stronger? Physically, how do you get stronger? You use your strength in the right way, and what happens? You get more you're stronger. If you, if you use your chachma, your chachma will be stronger. And then you'll be able to use your chachma better, in which mm -hmm. case your chachma will be stronger. 
in which case you would use your chachma better. <laughs> and so on and so forth. Right? That's how these things work. Okay? This thing is like, as we all know, that you know, it's just like exercising, right? Not necessarily is any exercise of strength going to be an effective way of building your strength, right? You could like, you could, you could like, you know, pull a tendon trying to pull, lift something way too heavy, and then you're not going to get stronger that way at all, right? Okay. And lifting below what your weight can act, what your strength can actually handle, repeatedly over and over and over again, might build your endurance. It doesn't actually make you able to lift more. And you only know that because people figure that out and then you believe them and they tell you to do it this way and you get stronger. But yes? With that, do, is there an element of chokhmah, like strengthening your chokhmah by being, by like engaging with other people who have already like gone through the process of chokhmah, like already conceived? <coughs> yeah, there's a general rule about chokhmah and bina, which is not true about das, which is that you can, someone can be better at it than you and they can guide you in developing it and getting you stronger. In a way that like someone who knows, how to, who, who knows how to become physically stronger or play piano can instruct you and guide you in how to do that. But then there are things in life that nobody can really instruct you how to do. You really have to do it all on your own. Yeah. No. Keeping your mind open is some, it does describe Chachma in some way, but that's not enough. Keeping your mind open, because let's think about this. If you keep your mind open, what kind of concepts do you get? Well, can we categorize them? Like if you're just open-minded and you walk through life. Okay. Has anyone ever gotten the concept of an eigenvalue or an eigenvector just by like keeping their mind open as they wander around the world? Has that happened? Why not? What? There's an element of seeking, right? In other words, like this. We have to realize that concepts are closer or further from our experience of reality. If you're just walking around open-minded like a child, which is nice, then what kinds of concepts come, come into your mind? Right, the, right. And if you're walking around in a, in a, in a world you know, filled with, you know, items of clothing and books and things like that, then you get concepts that relate to those things. But second order, third order, fifth order concepts, abstractions upon abstractions upon, nobody walks around the world, by the way, this happens very easily. Like you, people use words all the time, they don't really have a concept to them, but just everyone uses the word. So like someone will say, yeah, the economy is really down, and you ask them, what's the economy? No, like, like, like I, I don't know, like, like explain it to me, like pretend I don't know the word, explain to me what you mean by the economy. Money? <laughs> our system of value. Our system of, yeah. It's the same. So, so explain, exp like, what's going on? Like, can you, do you know why? Because usually what happens is that we usually have a concept of stuff that we like. We have a concept of money in the sense that it can get us the stuff. We have a concept that we have to do stuff to get the money. We have a concept that everybody else is doing that. And then we kind of like jump to this abstraction that nobody really knows unless you study economics of e the economy. There's a bunch of in-between concepts that you need to build up. Do you remember taking algebra? Do you remember some people hated and some people loved it? Do you know why? It doesn't have to be. What, what, what happened when you shift to algebra? Why did that X cause two-thirds of the class to like, have nightmares? Just an X. Or a Y. Because just an X. Because you know what X isn't? Anything. No, it is. It's just... It is something. It's just not one, two, three, four, fives. It's 
Right? It's, an, it's one more layer of abstractions. So the thing of today is that concepts, like there's the, there's the direct phenomenological experience, reality as you directly experience it. And then there's the concepts that come out of, so table, hat, book, dog, tree. Then you get like more family, you know, then you get more into freedom, right? But, the, but these things, they're, no, they're not equally distant from you. To get to the higher order concepts, you need to go through the lower order concepts. And what happens, and if you're just open-minded in a very passive way, does that ever happen? No, so there is an element of seeking out, an element of pursuit in Chachmah. So, yeah, there's open-mindedness on the one hand, but pursuit and seeking out on the other hand. Yeah. Going back to that someone who's dumbest can instruct you, is that not necessarily your mashpia because they could still be your mashpia and not be someone who's really worked out their chokmah? I don't want to go into that right now. <laughs> I understand why it's an important question, but it gets like, it diverges too much from where I want to go to. Sorry. Okay. You can ask me like next week when I come early. Yes. Did you say Well, no, I'm saying you can only recall something once you've conceived of it. You can only recall a concept once you've conceived of it. That was my point. When you say you have to seek it out, not all things in my mind are. I don't think that you should Give me an example. Let's start one example. Pick what you think is a good example. But see, see, that's a practice. I'm talking about concepts. And I'm talking about concepts that are not first order concepts. In other words, like this. I'm not, in other words, how to do something is an entirely different practice. Like, how do I wash dishes? How do I ride a bike? I remember how I learned how to ride a bike. It was a different, I mean, it's a different thing altogether. We all, if you're pretty, just you walk around the world as a child, like you become very much aware that there's this tendency to fall in things, right? And so you conceptualize things as being heavy and having fallen in their, right? That, that, that you can just be open-minded to. How do you go from there to being able to do physics? Or you have a sense that certain things just strike you as wrong, and so you develop a very basic, crude notion of morality. How do you go from that to having rigorous concepts of ethics and why you should be ethical? Those things don't just happen if you're just like passively wandering through life. Which is why you see that some people excel in certain ones and other people <laughs> excel in other ones because they seek those things out. Now, why you're seeing that, that could be interesting backstory. Maybe you had a teacher that you really liked and they were interested, so you decided to seek out the things that they were interested I mean, I don't know, like that, that. But there isn't, if you're just passive, like waiting it to come, it just doesn't happen. Nobody won the Nobel Prize be, be, in, in some field because they had some concept one day just because they turned over in bed and like, oh, look, that's a concept. That just didn't happen. So that's what I'm trying to, so, so, but here notice it says it's the faculty that conceives anything. There is a faculty which allows you just to conceive of things as they appear on the surface. That's not real chachma. Or that's not a fully functional chachma. We can, we can discuss what that is. Okay? 
it's, it has elements that are similar. If it's real chachma, it's the power to, faculty to conceive anything, which means in order to conceive anything, what do you have to do? You have to be willing to go as far as you need to in order to get that thing. You have to be willing to pursue it. You have to be willing to seek it out. You have to be given over to it. There has to be an element of devotion to it. Okay? So there's open-mindedness, but there's also devotion and pursuit. Okay? Otherwise, there's just certain things, like you're just like, I know I have relatives that are very smart, but they're just not interested in stuff. And because they're not interested in stuff, they don't know about it. <laughs> and then there are people who are really interested in stuff. And anytime they discover that there's something they don't know about, what has to happen? And so what happens? Okay. But now here's another thing. Because that concept is unknown, can you already judge ahead of time what you're going to be able to preserve in order to have that concept, what you're going to have to, be able to, what you're going to, have to sacrifice to have that concept? So if you have a power to conceive anything, just one second, that means, yes, you're open. You're, there's an element of devotion, but there's also an element of willingness to sacrifice. Sacrifice what? And how much will you need to sacrifice? Maybe you need to sacrifice entirely. So willing to sacrifice everything. And since, by the way, as human beings, how do we function? How do we navigate the world with our concepts? Right? What? Yeah, I was like, I think this is a hat and you're a person, right? But, but if I'm willing to conceive anything, that means I'm willing to realize that maybe all of my concepts are going to have to get totally reworked in order to, for this other concept to come into my mind, in which case I'm willing to sacrifice everything. Now, children are not like that. Okay. There's more to Chachma, but the, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll just take a few questions. Yeah. Yes. Is you can go first, Holy, I'm um, Is that idea that like to be able to sacrifice yourself completely? Is that why we don't like? There's no barriers. There's like no limitations within within chachma. Like right. there's no structure. there's no personal space left in chachma. Right. Or, or I mean, it may be because it depends how far you're going to go. But like like. There's all, right, there, there's one, there is one limitation in the Chacham, which I want to get to, um, which is that there is all of this willingness to sacrifice and pursuit and devotion has a goal to it. What's the goal? No, what does it say here? That I should get a concept in the end, right? But if you tell me that my devotion won't lead to a concept, then what does the Chachma do? Right? In other words, the Chachma is willing to sacrifice everything and pursue and let go of everything as long as it will get a concept. But if it's not going to get a concept, then what does the Chachma do? Shuts down, right? Do so you want a good way of shutting down your Chachma? No one can ever understand God. Chachma's like, okay, done. Chachma is not for me. Because a concept has to have some sort of parameters. A concept... There's what it is versus what it isn't. It's intelligible. It's not absolutely amorphous. Right? When I, no matter how abstract your concept is, it's a distinct concept. So the power of Chachma is, is this, this openness to a concept, 
the, 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 the seeking out of any concept, the willingness to sacrifice anything to get a concept, as long as what I get is something concrete, something distinct, something intelligible, something that at the end of the day I could understand. But if I, there's, no, if there's no way to understand, it's not, it's not, it's not a concept, doesn't have those limitations, doesn't have those parameters, it's not, it's not willing to sacrifice for just anything. Now, one other important thing about concepts. A concept is the most basic way of identifying something in, in the immaterial reality, right? So if I say hat and you have a concept of hat, right? Now you don't, there's so much about a hat, right? But it's all subsumed and there's this basic notion and concept of a hat or a tree or a person or whatever it is, right? So that's the other thing is that when the Chachma wants a concept, it doesn't want a complex, <coughs> sophisticated, nuanced thing. What does it want? Want something that is clear. This is what it is. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a little chachma exercise because people complain that sometimes we talk about things and we don't do them. We do a chachma exercise because we can train ourselves to do chachma. Okay, but you may not like it because chachma is hard. Yes. Does one's intention in their pursuit of chachma being the two parts of ability and then actual conceiving? Is it does one's intention impact that achievement? 100%. 100%. Are you going to talk about that? Yes. So, I'm just going to keep asking you the same question over and over and over again. And occasionally change a word. What is this? A hat. What is a hat? Something that What's a head covering? What is wearing? What is what is enclothing? Okay, you know, do you notice we're not going anywhere with these questions? Why are we not going anywhere with these questions? Because instead of answering my question, you're just giving me synonyms. Okay. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna do the same thing. You ask the question. What is a, this? This is a hat. What's a hat? Hat is a head covering. Head covering. Head covering is something that people put on their head for either functional or cultural purposes. Okay, but now you notice we have a different question. Yeah, yeah we got somewhere. Because I didn't just use a synonym. I said, okay, okay. I use a word that meant a concept, but clearly the, that concept is kind of like resting on some deeper concept that we... Now, what happens if we keep doing that? What happens pretty quickly? We'll end up somewhere very profound and abstract. Now, what happens to most people's minds at that point? Shirts off. What, what, why do I need this for? Like, I know what a hat is. I put it on my hat and go on like, right? But some people are like, no, no, no. And so the question of what is a hat gets them to like, what is culture? And what is culture gets them to what is humanity? And what is humanity gets them to like, what is God? Right? See, Chachma is always asking, what it is, and it wants the thing that I don't know, not a synonym. What's the unknown concept underlying this concept that gives any integrity to the concept I have? Chachma says that whatever I, whatever I have in my mind is the surface of the iceberg. What's underneath that? Yeah, yeah, but what is that really? Oh, that's your father. Oh, what's a father? Oh, 
father is, is, is someone who someone who is involved in, 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 in conceiving of you. Oh, what does it mean to conceive a human being? What's a human being? What's procre- but if you keep going with that, you end up in places that 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 are not where most people's minds are at most of the time, right? Could you put your mind there? Now, what happens if someone is genuinely curious, genuinely interested, genuinely devoted to some particular area? Then do they keep asking those kinds of questions about a particular field? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? But you, what you'll notice is, do they do it about anything and everything? Right? The person who's asking, but what is a bacteria? Yeah. But what is DNA? But what is genetic? Right? And go, 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 is generally not asking that sitting at the dinner table. Yeah. Um, but what is a family? Right? They, 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 they tend to focus that. But if you did that with everything and with all things, where would you eventually end up with? But what is this and what is this? 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 What's underlying that? What's underlying that? What's underlying that? What's underlying that? Why is that? What makes that be? What makes that be? What does that be? What? You eventually get to Hashem. Okay? Now, does your godly soul have a faculty that just wants to do that all the time? Yes. Your godly soul, do you know why it keeps asking, but what is that, but what is that, but what is that? Because what is it, what does it already know if, is that if it keeps doing this long enough, what will it eventually get to? Hashem. That's why it keeps asking that question. And it'll keep asking, because the ultimate answer is Hashem, so it'll keep asking until it gets to an ultimate answer. On the other hand, most people's chachma, the human chachma, usually has some ulterior motive. I'm willing, I want a concept, but I want a concept for something else. And therefore, when I get the concept for that need, then what happens to my chachma? It shuts down. It's not really driven to conceive of anything. It's driven to conceive of things for an ulterior motive, for personal well-being, for prestige, for what I like to call um, the discomfort of my own ignorance. You ever Google something? Because you realize you didn't know something, so you Google like, oh, now I know, and you move on. But you just don't want to feel ignorant. Right. <laughs> like you really would truly want to know because like, Googling is not enough. Okay. So now it doesn't know the answer. It doesn't know the answer. Like if I say, if we keep asking, but what is this, but what is this, and lead somewhere, what will we eventually I'll say God. Okay, yeah. But but here's the thing, when you say God, is there any concept? No, God is just the word that we use for the altar, like it doesn't mean anything. It's like, it's like, even if you translate the words, it doesn't mean anything. It's not a concept in your mind. The Chachma wants a concept of God, a genuine concept of God. And the only way to get a concept of God is to do what? To ask what is this and 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 what is this until eventually one concept is peeled away to reveal a more profound concept to a more profound concept until you get to the concept that underlies all concepts, the conception of what is God. That's the chachma of the godly soul, and that's why it's real chachma, because it's, it, it's, what, it's trying, what it tries to get can't be satisfied by limiting this process. But it doesn't know ahead of time. Right. You want to ask how that works? I can talk to you about that some other time. Yeah. So basically, this is why Jews are intellectual. No, that's not why Jews are intellectuals. But I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so if 
this instinct to keep asking what what is this, what is this, what is this, if we do that about literally everything, we're always going to get to God. But does you will eventually get to God. There's a very big difference okay. between always and eventually. You could, you have, you could, will potentially get to God in any, mm-hmm. any sense. So do people use this as like, we should like learn everything really deeply so then like we'll understand like so many facets of God? Yes, with one important caveat. That is assuming you are not motivated by anything other than the chachma of your godly soul. Because if you're motivated by anything else, what is likely to happen? That's right. In other words, like this. If the only thing driving your mental process is to keep asking what to get to the ultimate truth of reality, then yeah, like anything will be fine. You could start like, you could start, I don't know, studying atheism. That's fine. You could start studying why you should be a self-absorbed, hedonistic narcissist and eventually you'll come to God that way. You could, it doesn't matter where you start. However, if you're predisposed to being a self-absorbed hedonistic narcissist, you might not want to study things that reinforce that because you might just use that to justify... You just stop before you get to that. Yeah, because look, I learned all these good justifications of why I can live my life as being a self-absorbed hedonistic narcissist and, and then you just do that. Um, there was actually a person who kept asking what, 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 what without any guidance because... And um, he eventually, yeah, had an accurate concept of what God is. And you know who that was? Avraham. And you know who the only person who ever did that was? Avraham. And you know the person who ever will do that? That's right. Everybody else who, even if they're using the Chachma, they or it's not because they went this, this, this freestyle. You're right. If all you have is Chachma and you freestyle, you could do that. But everybody else that they have this Chachma, there's some, if they're doing it, they're making conscious choices to use it this way and to shut down other things. Because if you just did this absolute exploration of things, your other drives, which are actually stronger in you, will end up taking over. Correct. Avram was special. Avram was unique. The Medrash says, Echad Avram. The Rambam in his own says that even from a young age, he kept asking, what is this all about? What is this all about? Um, you know, according to the Gemara by age, I mentioned this before, by age three, you know what he realized? God is not in the physical, not, God is not a physical entity. Now, how many three-year-olds have you met in your life? <laughs> how many of them have developed, the, have developed a clear concept that there is a ultimate <coughs> being that makes reality be what it is and it cannot be part of the observable reality that we experience? Okay, <laughs> so... Most of them are trying to figure out like that, you know, this is a, sh- this is a hat and it's Tati's hat. And that's where my two-year-old's hold it. And that Tati should wear his hat. Yeah? I suppose that curiosity would be the closest to discomfort of human ignorance, but it sounds like what you're saying is different than conceives anything. Because what we just said was that the godly soul only wants to conceive God, or like the concept of God's presence or in creation or whatever. But then where, what about learning? Learning what? Things that don't necessarily have to do with my personal... This is not usually a person. Or God, like where's but the in-between? There isn't. So what's curiosity? Well, curiosity is generally because of your personal being. Like one of the things that people need is they need to grow intellectually. They need to become more aware. It's like humans have, like, you know, 
tigers don't need a social group. They'll be fine without one. Like if you just put a tiger in, in, a, in an enclosure, if it's, I mean, it's big enough and there's food and blah, 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 the tiger's fine, right? But uh, try doing that with a monkey, see what happens. They become depressed because monkeys need social interaction. Okay, fish need water, monkeys need social interaction. Human beings need, they need meaning, they need to explore, like that's one of our needs. Should we not? Which is why people that are curious, as long as their curiosity need is being satisfied, they tend not to push themselves to be more curious beyond that point. It's really, the, 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 the thing with the Chachma here is that, also a thing about concepts, that concepts are not distinct from each other. You notice how like I use the concept of a hat, you can eventually get to God? Right, because really concepts are derived from and embedded and in terms of other concepts. Which means that really knowing any one concept, truly or fully, means in a certain sense having a clear sense of all concepts. Because you basically can take any concept all the way up to God and God down to any concept. So therefore, having if you really want to conceive of anything, you're trying to in some sense conceive of all things, in which case you're really trying to conceive of God. Now, so that means there's, a, there's an openness and there's a willingness to sacrifice whatever you preconceived notions you have and a curiosity and a dedication. Um, and is there any guarantee that this process, that you're going to get the concept right away? Right. So that means there's also willingness to engage long, extended periods of pain. Because what is it like to yearn and to seek for something that you don't have? Okay, now, here's the important part. Just one thing. Do you know what gets you the concept faster? The more you, the, you have the seeking and the yearning. In other words, the more painful it is not to have the concept, the quicker you'll get the concept, and, and the higher level of concept you can get. So now, if I want to use my Chachmah, what do I need to do? And this is something that most people don't like to do. Have you ever heard a rabbi tell you you should let the question bother you for a while? And you're like, yeah, that's a stupid thing. Why would a rabbi say that? Well, here's the thing. I can tell you the answer. You don't have to tell you the answer. Now you have words. Or you have a superficial concept. But if you let the question bother you more, what will you end up with? He brands a more, a, more, a more clear concept of what the answer actually is. Which means that critical to really using your chacham is really letting the question, the fundamental question, what is this? What is this all about? Really, truly bother you to the point that you're willing to suffer whatever you need to, let go of whatever you need to in order to have that clarity come, to, come into your mind. Okay? Now, is that something that children do? Yes. Children do that? No, they, little children? You know what, little children? You know what? Uh, physical things, like if someone really wants to. No, it doesn't work with physical things. Like if someone really wants a book and they like really have a deep desire, they can become a really good book. Or not? I mean, there's an element of that, but the pain of desire is not critical. Here the, here, the element of pain is critical. The element of anguish is critical. The, so to speak, the sleepless nights because you, it isn't clear to you. 
Yeah, but it's not, it's not, it, it, it could be, but it's not necessary. No, it's like this. What allows you to get at a deeper concept is the fact that you can't, to put this very simply, the fact that you can't, you're losing sleep over it. The, with cooking, there's no necessity to have that kind of, it could be if it's hard for you, so you need to be willing to go through that difficult process. In other words, the easier, the, the, the easier you, the easier you, um, Basically this, the easier you conceive of ideas, the less they're worth. That's basically, the less painful it was for you to get it, the less you should take it seriously. As the Mishnah says, lufum tzara agra, according to the pain is the gain. Not no pain, no gain, because then you can just deal with a little bit of pain and have a lot of gain, but according to the pain is the gain. And now, by the way, the converse is on the other end. What happens when you get the concept? If, if, the seeking out what you don't, the concept that you don't yet have is such a painful and angst-ridden affair. What is it like to finally have that concept appear in your mind? It's rewarding, it's elating, it's, right? it's, it's delightful. And how delightful is it? Proportional to? Which, was, which is why the rabbi will tell you, let, you know, let the question bother you, because the more the question bothers you, the more the answer will actually be a satisfying answer. The more, the, the more you can just throw out the question, the more the answer is just more words back at you. Yeah? Um, bothering in the sense that like, you're bothered that you don't know the idea or that like, a preconceived idea is contradicting? No, that you don't know the idea. Not that, not. So, so, one of the things that happens is that the more you let the question bother you, you're able to differentiate those two things. Whether what bothers me is simply that I haven't worked out the details of things or like I'm fundamentally missing a concept. Like sometimes what you don't know is you just you need to fine tune something. But sometimes you're just lacking something fundamental. There's a part of this whole picture that I'm totally unaware of. And then, yeah. So you, but, but if you let the question about it, you can differentiate that very quickly. Yeah. Is that an absolute rule? Adjusted for other factors and people, but all things being equal, it's an absolute rule. Well, some people, some people, some people, are, their chachma is just going to be overall faster than other people's chachma. But within yourself, yeah, it's always going to be the rule. Right. So, now, one other element of this is that you can't seek something out unless you believe that there's actually something there to, to actually get to, right? Okay, so... If the question bothers you and you get to a point of despairing that there's an answer, that there's a concept, that's not chachma. You might despair that, you're, that the knowledge you have already is the, can provide the answer, but you can't despair that there's an answer. Okay? Sometimes people are bothered by very profound questions and they just end up giving like there's no answer. That's also not chachma. So now if we take all this and we apply it, say we say, okay, let's... Something of now we're we're going to we're going to we're going to take active control of this because since we're not Abraham if we just start letting our chachma go wild, we'll, our animal soul just find ways to rationalize whatever we want to do. So in the context of chapter three of Tanya, you're gonna the idea is to, and he's gonna say this later on is to actively choose to direct your chachma towards something that you know how this will eventually get back to Hashem. Just one second. So if a person is open-minded about something that will connect, help them get a concept of Hashem and they are truly seek that out, and they allow the fact that themselves, that they don't have that concept to really bother them, okay? And they believe that that concept 
does exist and they can have it and they're willing to sacrifice whatever preconceived notions in order to get that, if you work on cultivating those mental things, then what will you start to get? Or what will you, what could, what will you get at some point? Some kind of concept of Hashem that you can actually work with and develop into something that will eventually be the material to have an emotional relationship in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a real way as the author was going to describe later on in the chapter. If you are, if you believe that there is a concept of Hashem and it bothers you that you don't have it and you really want to have it and you're willing to let go of whatever you need to in order to have it and to, and not the pain of not having it, have it bother you, then eventually you will have such a concept of Hashem and then you can move on to the building a relationship with Hashem. Now the thing is that all those things, there are times where that's more dominant, you're more aware that you're doing it, but if that ever goes away, because here's the thing, you ever have a, like a concept comes into your mind and then like you try to remember a while later like what, you, what, what came into your mind and sometimes they go and they pop back out again? Do you know why that is? Um, because sometimes you don't, you, because Chachma is not just getting the concept into your mind, it's also the place where the concept sits. So if you should turn off the Chachma, what happens? It's like taking a cup of water and spilling it out, and you lose it. So on some level, the Chachma needs to be present even once you get the concept, because that's the, that's the part that one retains where the concept is for future retrieval. Okay? How do you actually get the concept? You're just, you're just oh, so if you, so, so. You're in that, I'm, I'm describing the user end of this. If you want the other side of this, I can tell you. Um, it works in a process similar to lightning, which is that, um, and I'm going to only give you the analogy and then we're not going to go too far into this. But the way, how, anyone how lightning works? Lightning, you have a lot of electrical potential in the cloud. And you have something which is lacking that same vol lacking voltage, and they come close enough together. And what happens? There's this thing that Hashem put in the universe that things try to equalize. So what happens? Some of that charge jumps where from the cloud to the earth. Okay, it's a gross oversimplification, and it's wrong on many levels, but it's good enough for our purposes. Okay, so there's a part of your soul which kind of has the truth already. There's the chachma, which is seeking out the truth. If you can bring those close enough together, what's going to happen? Yeah. Right. And that's what we're describing. It's, it's, it's bringing the part of your mind which lacks concepts close to the part of your mind which is, in some sense, in touch already with the ultimate truth. So it's This is when, 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 when mathematicians speak, use the word intuitive. When rational philosophers, that's exactly what they're referring to. Intuitive means the ability to pull out a truth out of the unknown parts of the mind. And, and you do that by like introspecting and like, well, what is this? And what is this? And what is this? And all of a sudden. Now, one thing that can happen is if you're really bad at this, someone can guide you along, right? They can ask you questions, right? So, um, and then they can ask you follow-up questions to make sure that you're actually not just using synonyms, but you're going somewhere, right? And if you pay attention to what kinds of how those questions get asked, you can start learning how to do that yourself. Some people are naturally more inclined to do it. Some people, but you can learn how to do that. Okay? But there has to be a willingness and a devotion and a dedication and a, 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 
an element of interest for all of the, for this to work. And that's something that a person can ask to cultivate. So in the con- if you want, so as Alter was saying, if you want to ultimately have a love of Hashem or a fear of Hashem or any sort of feelings towards Hashem, you're going to have to first have this relative to Hashem. Now, can I be very blunt for a second? And I'll let you ask your question. Most people, and this is, this is uh, an observation, most people, when it comes to questions about um, big issues, do not like the fact that they can't get quick, simple answers. I would say that's true of most people most of the time. And what is the Alter therefore saying? If the big issues, you're uncomfortable with the fact you can't get a quick, simple answer, then the whole idea of actually having a genuine love for Hashem or genuine fear of Hashem, is that ever going to get off the ground? Is that ever going to be able to start? No. Now I want to tell you something he's not saying. Al-Tarebbe does not say, and we'll see this later on, he's not saying your Chachma has to be as good as someone else's Chachma. You just have to be actively using your Chachma. Which means like this. It doesn't mean that your concepts of Hashem have to be as profound as my concepts of Hashem, or mine have to be as profound as yours. That's not the issue. The issue is the use of the faculty. Okay? Which means you could have a person who is supposedly, quote, smarter and more educated, but their chachma is turned way down. And another person who's more shallow and superficial and, and slower in their thinking, but their chachma is turned way up, which of those two people is going to have an easier time ultimately having a, a concept of Hashem that's, that's real enough to them that they could then get moved on the process of developing an emotion? It's going to be the second person. So it's very important that this is the w- use of the faculty, not... You know, like um, how smart you are, or how like what concepts you already have to begin with. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, just that I get this out. If you're learning a concept, or if you're learning a set of concepts, and you come to a concept that's new, and it feels like an incomplete answer to a question that you've had, and that's really frustrating and even painful. Is that because you're not fully pursuing it through your chachma, or is there a are there are there limitations to our our intellect? Like there are limitations to our intellect. Usually, usually the way you can tell is like this: that there's a kind of feeling frustrated that you just like it's just frustrating, and then you're like stuck, it's like literally frustrated, like you can't move forward. And then there's a sense where, where you're, it's uncomfortable and it's painful, but there's also an element of exhilaration because you're, Chachma has an adventurous quality. You're going into the unknown. You're dealing with the unknown, but there's a sense that I will make progress. Mm-hmm. Like there's a belief that I will make progress. There's a, like yesterday, you, you, you believe there are 50 things in common. You don't even know what they are yet, right? So a lot of times a person's learning and like they feel frustrated, it's, it's because there's actually a, an element of a lack of chachma. There's an unknown, I don't have to deal with the unknown, and so it's all forever remain unknown, and that's annoying. That's not chachma. But then there's the sense of that, that eventually I will, I will have some concept of this, and, and, and the, de, the desire to, to, to get there is both moving me there and also paining me that I'm not there yet. Um, 
and and that's a very different thing. I mean, one of the things that one of the things that one of the things about a person who, who, who's really using their chach. I'll give you an example. Have you ever asked a person for advice when you actually know more about the topic than they do? Does that make a lot of sense on the face of it? Why would you Why would you do that? You know more about it than they do. Why would you ask them for advice? What? Yeah, but why would their perspective be any better than your perspective? They have a different process to approach the situation. What's the different process? Okay, so so the, the thing is, is that you are stuck in seeing things in a certain way. And this person, you have a sense that whatever you present at them, they go, they go, well, yeah, but what is that really? What is that? They, 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 they go a layer or two outside of that or beyond that to the left of it or to the right of it. And all of a sudden when you have that, that's where the solution to the problem resides, right? This is why we often translate Chachmah's wisdom. A wise person is a person who no matter what, when you present a problem to a wise person, the solution you got was not the problem you had. Because they often show you that the problem that you had wasn't the real problem. There's an underlying problem because they're able to go, well, what is this really? What is this really? What is this really? And they're, they're that's, that's, that's how they, that, that's how they approach things. Yeah, because the knowing less, knowing more is not the point. It's are they wiser than you? It often is the case that you can find a person who's wiser than you who knows less on a particular topic than you. Right? So, but that, that element of, of, of wisdom, of seeing things differently, it's not just that they happen to have other information. Then, then what you're saying is they are more informed about a detail. What you're, what you're saying is, no, that they are taking only the information you're presenting with them, but they're able to realize that the information you're presenting is not the whole story. There's something else that's unsaid, that's unknown, that is underneath that. And their mind moves them to figure out what that is. And they are uncomfortable dealing with it until they get to that point. And if you have that attitude in your own learning, then you become very creative in your learning. Okay. By the way, just because you get a concept doesn't mean that the concept is like, you know, it's 100% all solid. You know, you might need to be worked out. We're going to get to that in the, in the next week. But there's this element of, 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 of simultaneously letting go and deep attachment happening. You're deeply attached to what you don't have and you're letting go very much of what you do have. And the idea that you're... But, but it's goal-oriented. You have to... The idea is that, yes, I will get this concept. I will get this notion. I will have something to work with in my mind once I'm done with this. Okay? Yeah. Where, where is your room for, like, someone So, so, remember how I said that Chachma works by, like, bringing the two sides together? Mm-hmm. You can do what's like an artificial... You can do, like, an artificial Chachma, which is like this. Let's say... I already have a concept. You can have that towards me and my concepts, and then I can play the role of that unknown part of your mind that produces the concept. But, and that is sometimes easier, but you still have to do this. This is like, you know, oftentimes someone will ask a question, like questions and answers. Um, and the question basically boils down to this makes me uncomfortable. Well, does that question have an answer? No, I mean, it's not. But then there are sometimes people like this has been this fact that I'm totally ignorant of this. I don't. Th- I have no way of making sense of this. Has bothered me for years, and I'm willing to hear anything you say that will shed clarity on that. Please give me an answer. I'm all ears. That 
person is clearly using what faculty? Chachma. Now, but are they addressing it to their own inner recesses of their mind, or are they addressing it to someone who already has the concept? Okay, so that, that's interchangeable. And in fact, you could do that. Like, no one says you, he, no one says you have to get the concept out of thin air. You may get the concept out of a book or out of what someone says. That's fine. But to get it into your mind in a real way is that that's the issue Alter is focusing on. Is you have to have the quality of Chachma, the receptiveness, the dedication. The, the, the will, right? And the same thing, like if the question has really genuinely bothered you for what that question really is, you're really willing to hear the answer. What about just like simple people? Don't well, I will tell you that the Alter has two approaches at Tanya. One approach is for people who choose to use their mind or are capable of using their mind. And the other approach is for people who are not. And then he's going to, in those terms, redefine Chachma and Das and all these things very differently for that. Because you're right. This kind of an approach requires a person to be... Um, what kind of a person? Right? A person who... A person, a person who's, who, who, who has developed some expertise at metacognition, at, at governing the use of their own mind. And there's a separate question. How do you do that if you're not at that place? For whatever reason. And Al-Tarabah thinks that's a very valid question, which is why chapter 18 he starts talking about a different approach. Because, you know, this is not a... This, Al-Tarabah says in chapter 17, this works for... This is attainable for most people if they would pursue it. But it's not attainable to all people at all times, and therefore I want to give an alternative approach as well. Yes? This might be a poor analogy to that, but is it like... Now I'm just thinking about algebra. Like, if you have an equation with an x, and like, and you were like really juvenile, maybe you just like try throwing in some numbers and seeing like what works by trial and error. But like, the more way that you actually learn what the variable is, is like actually going through the proof. Right. And by actually going through the proof, you start to realize what what's really going on and, and what the power of throwing that X in there that, that allows you to do stuff that you could never have done before. It's not just your math teacher is being cruel and changing the equations from the year before is they're actually enabling you to access a whole other layer of immaterial reality. And this is true, I mean, in math, the math is one of the easiest places to see this because the, the, the concepts are so dull, frankly. <laughs> they're just qualities. But this is true in, in anything. It's true in morality. It's true in halacha. It's, it's, and what the is saying is that the, ultimately the, this is true about Hashem and so, and then the godless law has that power and so we want to choose to activate that towards a concept of Hashem. But still, we like the goal is X, it's not doing the proof? The goal is finding the answer? No, because that's what you realize is that when you realize that the real concept is not what X is, but the, what the, process, what the process of that and what that means you can now do because you have this new right. process right. and that, that gives you a whole new conception of... That's why some people, some people get that and they enjoy algebra and some people don't get that. Don't enjoy it. And that's true, by the way, in everything. It's not like... And, 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 it's not, a, it's not a judgment thing. What he's saying is that you have this power of your godly soul to do it, and you should choose to start cultivating that with respect to Hashem. Yeah? So is like literally a huge concept in psychology? Like, isn't that what psychologists do? They just like, think in a different way for a person to understand? I am not a psychologist. Despite my, despite my certificate in therapy, um, but to my knowledge is that there are differing views of, psycho of, of, of different kinds of treatments for... Um, 
so there, 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 there is there is something which you're probably referring to, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. The cognitive element is to say that you're using bad concepts, get good concepts, and then you are, will be able to navigate your life better. So there is an element of that, but it's not the same because there it's the goal. Or the goal is get concepts which allow the navigation of life to be more functional and positive in experience, um, well-being, rather, as opposed to ultimately, like, what is the true reality of everything. So it's not, yeah, there's an element there. Like, like I, again, I'm describing Chachma, the, the animal souls Chachma, the rational souls Chachma, they all, all the Chachmas have similarities to them, but the idea is that it's really unbridled and, and about getting to God, which is the ultimate, the concept of all concepts, that's going to be... And one other important thing is that, th- that um, you can't force yourself to have Chachmah. So you're going to ask me what's the obvious question. If you can't force yourself to have Chachmah... No, so you mean to, to, to use your Chachmah to strengthen. You can't force yourself to use your Chachmah to strengthen your Chachmah. So if you can't force yourself to do that, how are you supposed to work on it? Can you grow plants? It depends what you mean. I mean, you can't like actually make the plant grow, right? You don't have that kind of power, do you? But if you put the plant in the right soil and the right sunlight and give it the right water, will it grow? So, you cannot say, I will now use my chachma. That just never works. What you have to do is in a roundabout way. You have to figure out what kinds of environments, situations, ways of de- dealing with yourself stimulate chachma to be more active towards Hashem and which ones? In other words, using, you know, strengthening your chachmah is always roundabout. And I'll give you one practical suggestion, because it's always good to leave on a practical note, yes? And I mentioned this already twice in class, but I'll mention it again. I mentioned it parenthetically, now I'll mention it as an explicit thing. If I want to use my chachmah relative to a particular topic, and I'm going to right now pick not Hashem, but it's not. Like, let's say for some reason I decide, you know, it would really be good if I had was more curious and interested and it bothered me of something about, I don't know, let's say, um, Chinese literature. But I, to be honest with you, I'm just not interested in Chinese literature. But I want to be interested in Chinese literature. I want to be genuinely bothered that I don't know Chinese literature. But I'm not. So what am I supposed to do about that? So one simple thing is find someone who, A, is really into Chinese literature, and B, you really like them, and develop a relationship with them, and watch what happens. Unless you actively try and shut it down, you will start to cultivate a desire and an interest. Which means now, if you, Chachma is not really heightened and turned on towards Hashem, and you want to actually change that in a real practical way, what could you do? What is one thing you could do? Find yeah, someone who has <laughs> find some, but, but, but you find someone who's two qualities. Let me be very careful because you need two qualities. One, they need to be what? Likeable. They need to. They need to not just well versed, but they need to be really into their chachmas. Be really into Hashem, and then you need to be someone that you actually okay. like them, admire them, want to be around them. And that relationship becomes like the proper environment to allow your chachma to grow in that direction. Okay? 
That's why one of the reasons why Avraham was unique. He was the only person whose Chachma went on its own to Hashem without anyone, just him and Hashem. Everyone else, every other person's Chachma that comes towards Hashem, and one of the elements always involved, someone else. Yeah, but even even the next forefather Yitzchak, Yitzchak was raised by Avraham, right? So on and so forth. Even Moshe, yeah. contrary to what it shows in the movies, Moshe grew up knowing he was a Jew and and knowing who his parents were. Yeah, that was exactly Avram's tactic. He's like, I want you to have a concept of Hashem. You like me, I'm into Hashem. So guess what's going to happen? And that worked a lot of the time. Now. That's one thing. If it only is that, I think we all understand that that, you know, if that's all, that, that you just stop there, then what happens? Your awareness of Hashem is very, like, hazy. Right? That doesn't work. That's a way of strengthening the Chachma, but then there's more to using the Chachma as part of the overall Seichel. Okay. Yes, 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 and then we're going to end. This is where you need three things. Brutal self-honesty, a mentor, and friends to tell you that you're full of it. Yeah. Which is a solution to many things in life. Brutal self-honesty? Brutal self-honesty, a mentor, and friends to tell you that you're full of it. Yes. That's one of the purposes of a forbranging, yes. Correct. Correct. And it's a, for most of us, it's a very remote could. Could. Why not? Like, let's say my animal soul is like, you know, I really want to feel good. But feeling good, I can't just like be like a sophisticated chimpanzee or a cow. I have to have a noble existence. A noble existence means I have to have a purpose. Like, well, what could possibly, I guess some sort of, you know, profound higher truth is the only thing giving me a purpose. I guess I have to like become aware of this higher profound truth. Oh, I guess I've discovered some notion of God and my desire for personal well-being. Well, use Chachma, Bina, and Das. Mm-hmm. And you have to strengthen Chachma. And step one is, if I just gave you a step to help strengthen the Chachma. And now, the next class, we're going to learn about using your Bina. Okay. So pretty much, this day is just Well, that gets your Chachma more in line. But you have to actually use the Chachma. Let things bother you. How do you know that connected You have to take a risk. Use your better judgment. How do you know that you're not marrying a sociopath? You don't. Life is exciting. <laughs> 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 <laughs>